In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. Betty was reading a flashback. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. James 4, 7. So, there you go. Like one of those CDs is like a billion Bible songs on one CD. They're only like 30 seconds long, but they'll go into your brain like a little worm, right? So Jesus, um, yet again, we, we've missed a little bit, uh, but we sort of almost picked up right where we left off last week in that three times Jesus is going to say very specifically um, what's what's going to happen to the Son of Man, the Messiah, to himself? Um, and three times the disciples are like, what? Um, and I don't, don't know if it's to just, there's like a lot of a lot of things that could be going on, right? One is maybe Mark wants us to feel bad for the disciples. They just can't get it. Or two, he wants to sort of show um, their incompetence or, or third, he wants to, us to put ourselves into that that same place that lots of times God is very specific with us and we still are like, huh? Um, I might it might be that last one for me. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but uh, we've we've already had last week the P- Peter's confession of of Jesus as the Christ, um, then the sort of rebuke of Peter. We missed the transfiguration. Um, which took place and, and the healing of that boy. And so now they're on their way back. I remember Jesus is, is trying to skirt uh, being public in Galilee because he's trying to teach his disciples and get across the message that they need to get. And it says they're, they're very, very plainly um, said the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They'll kill him after three days. He'll rise. Uh, not only did they un- not understand, but they're afraid to ask. And so when they get back to the place they're staying, Jesus says, what were you arguing about? And nobody said anything because they knew they'd been caught, right, like kids, um, because they'd been arguing about who was the greatest. Who was the greatest among them? And, and so it, if you didn't get last week, um, Anyone who wants to be my disciple, deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Um, we sort of need to re, we sort of need to revisit this. And, and there's a lot of ways you can't blame the disciples, right? I mean, for one, Jesus has been speaking in parables all this whole time, and then he explains the parables. And there's always some hidden meaning, and they're, they're probably hoping there's some hidden meaning in what he's saying here too, because after all, the Messiah's. The Messiah is not coming to die. The Messiah is coming to deliver. I mean, maybe the Messiah would die victoriously, you know, in leading leading his people to, you know, resist oppression at the at the best. But but mostly, all the things that the Messiah is to do to bring forth God's kingdom, to bring forth the new kingdom for Israel, um, just just suffering suffering isn't really in the cards um 
being handed over isn't really in the cards. And yet, yet all the things that they expect, as we talked about last week, haven't ha- been happening either, right? Jesus isn't challenging the Sadducees and trying to overthrow the temple. He isn't gathering a military. He isn't doing all the things that people expected anyway. Um, and so there's no, there's, there's, there's a little bit of um, understanding for their confusion. But now, really, there's not, not too much misunderstanding with take up your cross and follow me last week. And then they know they're sort of off with, with who, should be the gra- who should be the greatest. And Jesus, and Jesus brings a little child. He puts the child among them and says, the first shall be last and anyone who wants to be first will be must be last, the servant of all, and takes a child and says, whoever welcomes one of these in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me, that is God, right? And so a child in that day, you could think of maybe somebody who had a little bit less status than a child, but not very many people. Children were, were way, way down. They're not like little t- we're not on our pedestal right now like they are like they are today. You know, they're they're just off in the corner until they could sort of do something good. They were just just cast aside. They certainly couldn't be helpful. Right. They certainly couldn't improve your status in life. And in many ways, what Jesus is doing here is the same exact thing that Jesus says in Luke's gospel when he when he's at that dinner. And he says, when you throw a party, don't invite all your all the all your friends and your associates and those who can you know repay you when you throw a party invite those who can't repay you the poor the sick the lame on and on and on right in some ways this is the same the same type of message that's being delivered today you're called to serve those who can't help your station in life and this is like one of those sermons right now where it'd be almost better to break into small groups, right? Because, because we're all a little bit different, but, but there's those who has no status in your life, right? I mean, if that you could invite them to dinner and it's not going to improve who you are. You know, you could think of people that you could invite to dinner that you might, well, you know, it would be helpful for your career, be helpful for your status as a person, make you feel better about yourself, having them in your house, etc. And this is Jesus saying, this child has no status. If you want to worry about who's great, they're great. So there, right? And they're just as great as you. Which is sort of humbling. Like, wait, wasn't I just at you know, didn't you call me? I was fishing. Remember that day, Jesus? You told me to leave my nets, that I'd be fishermen. Like, you chose me. And now you're saying, yeah, and this kid's the same. This person's the same. Or this Walmart worker's the same. Or this garbage man's the same. Or this where fill in the blank, right? This homeless person's the same. This nursing home residents the same this you know you can go on and on and on this they're all the same the first shall be last the last shall be first that means we're all equal it's not 
like it was when I was in Sunday school and the boys would rush to the line to get snack. And the teacher would go, first will be last, last will be first, turn around. And the slow girl, you know, just all of a sudden became first in line for snack. And we didn't ever learn. We still always rushed to the front of the line. We're like the disciples. You have no, you know, it's just like, ugh. She's going to do it again. But, but it doesn't mean that, right? It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that those who, who come last will, will get to eat first. The first shall be last, the last shall be first means we're all in this together, right? There's no, everybody's on equal footing. doesn't matter if you came to St. Matthias 40 years ago, if you came to St. Matthias yesterday. You're a member of St. Matthias, right? You're a part of this parish in the kingdom of God. doesn't matter if you were baptized 60 years ago or you were baptized yesterday. You're a part of the kingdom of God. And so this is what Jesus is saying. You're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And if you really want to be great, you better understand what the kingdom of God is about anyway. That means you become a servant, even to those who can't help your status in life. You become a servant to the least. You want to be great? Be less than, which, let's face it, it was hard to comprehend then. It's hard to comprehend now. Right? James's passage today speaks just as clearly to us today as far as envy and coveting and all the rest of it. It's this, like, you're worried about all these things. And... All it does when you worry about grasping everything else is you end up in conflict with the people around you. You end up committing murder and you end up committing, you know, all these other, all these other, um, sinful acts because of, of your desires that are, that are within you. So submit to God, resist the devil, feel free for you. If you you approach God, God will approach you. Um, and this is the same, it's all, all, of, all of a piece, right, for us as we, as we come next, not next week, but soon enough, it's going to be, it's going to be again the third time Jesus explains these things and, and the disciples aren't going to get it. That's when, that's when, um, James and John's mother comes and says, I want my kids to sit at your right and left hand. Like, okay, like, right. This is, this is still on its way as well. Um, but the, the challenge for us, the call for us really does become, how do we, how do we live that way? How do we seek to serve those with no status? How do we reach out? and declare the kingdom of God is available to everyone. Because this really is, this really is a problem also, not just, not just for us, but also for, for the people around us, right? Because there are those who, who know they have no status and they do feel they're not worthy to come. I remember a woman who was moved into our community. She had three little kids and, 
Um, and when I was talking to her about about coming to church, you know, she's just, she's like, I don't have nice enough clothes, and I don't have this, and I don't, have, you know. And I'm like, it doesn't. That, none of that stuff matters. But yeah, it does, right? I mean, I can say that it was easy easy for me to say. It doesn't matter. We'd love to have you, but and you know, maybe it's just an excuse, but maybe it wasn't, right? For her, she felt like, indeed, she wouldn't be welcomed. It would be, she'd be less than. Um, so even when, even when we know God's great love and that we're, we're all one in Christ, there's a whole world where the world's told them, you have no status. You have no worth. You have no value. And so we have to work extra hard, right, to, to serve those, to convince those, to love those, um, maybe even more so than those who, who sense the value and worth that God has in them. Because indeed, God has immense love for all his creation. God has immense love for those made in God's image. God has immense love. And we're called to serve each of those. For when we receive them, not only to receive Christ, we receive not just Christ, but God who sent him. And this is the challenge and the call that we're, we're asked to take up. And it's not an easy one. And um, I pray that we may we may live into that. And I feel like this needs not just a not just to be done, but a prayer with it. So the Lord be with you. Gracious Lord, I do pray for your spirit to rest upon us. To come into our hearts, into our minds, into our beings. That when we see those whom you love, that we may serve them, receive them, love them, despite their status, despite their station in life, that we may reflect your love and your grace and your glory, that we may be you to them in all that we say and all that we do. Empower us, O Lord, with your spirit to serve you. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.